0: Choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon, to to the moon to in this decade, decade and do the other thing. The other Not thing. because they, Not are things easy, they are easy, but because they are hard. Because, because, that because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. one we are willing to post. And one we can win. Here's a ground ball right side. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez here with you. As always, follow us on Twitter at blima 790 at ApolloDez1, and at ApolloHOU. The trade deadline has been completed. The Astros bolstered their pitching staff with a couple of arms. They got rid of a couple of position players. Uh, They won two out of three against the Seattle Mariners. They traveled to San Francisco, uh, dropped two out of three to San Francisco. They won game one against the Giants. Uh, Framber Valdez got his seventh win of the season. But um, then a couple of tough games uh, in San Fran. They lost eight to six and then lost five to three. Now they get set to play the Los Angeles Dodgers and Dez. I think, I, I mean, these are two of the best teams going at it. And sometimes you just don't win baseball games.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it was really good baseball. Um, Obviously we came out on the wrong side of it in the series and lost that series, but it's not a walk in the park. when you play the number one team in the league, right? The San Francisco Giants have somehow reverted back to the 2010, 2012, 2014 San Francisco Giants and have used blood magic and the fountain of youth to, um, be a team again. And so here we are in late, uh, it was late July now, August, obviously. And, um, the Giants aren't going away, and I'm surprised. I thought it would fade, and they're playing really good baseball, and I think we saw this week the the crowd had a ton of energy. Um, obviously, when the Astros come into town, you're going to have um, some dweebs out there booing, and we saw that Friday night. They were decided to boo Jose Altuve, and he decided to hit like a million home runs in one single game, um, but on the weekend during the day games, it was actually a good baseball atmosphere. Um, it seemed like the crowd was in it. It was good baseball back and forth. I I mean, that... The Zach Greinke game, the game two of the series, turned out to be um, just a slugfest, a home run derby for both sides. And it was we were just on the wrong end of it. So uh, at the end of the day, really good baseball. Um, Obviously not great that we came out with a series loss, but um, a little foreshadowing for October, possibly.
0: Yeah, it could very well end up being a World Series preview. And you talked about the energy uh, at, uh, what is is the uh, stadium called in San Francisco? It's not Pac-Bell Park. I believe it's Oracle now. Is it Oracle now? Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Up. So the energy at Oracle Park was uh, playoff-esque. Uh, they got a taste of playing in an NL ballpark. Uh, obviously, you know, the Giants, you know, dropped down a couple of months against the Astros. The defense played them pretty well. Yuli uh, hit well. Uh, we saw Jordan Alvarez in the outfield, uh, which is crazy to me. But... Um, yeah, like I said when we started, it sometimes you just don't win. I think it was good baseball all around. The question mark still remains the same as is the pitching staff. Um, you know, going into you know obviously we're in August, going into September, and then you know into the playoffs, you're gonna have to start to see your pitching staff, at least starting pitchers of the pitching staff, go at least six innings, because then you can dish it off to uh, Ryan Stanek, Kendall Graveman. Ryan Presley, Christian Javier. I mean, those guys. Those four. You know, even with Stanix, you know, he's had some command issues as of late, but you know, he can hammer those down. We still got a couple of months left in the season, so biggest thing for me from the takeaway from the San Francisco series is you just got to get your pit. You know, the pitchers need to go longer. And I think we've said that all season, but it was kind of magnified because you're playing the top team in the NL, arguably the best team in in all of Major League Baseball. So that was the biggest takeaway for me, I guess. Uh, to throw it back to you, if you had a takeaway, what would it be against the Giants?
1: That right now, if we were in October, we'd probably be bounced. And I don't yeah, say I, that that's in a, a very negative way. No,
0: but it's, 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 it's a fact.
1: It is. It, 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 I think it's a, it's a dose of reality check that happened this weekend. You just can't roll in, roll out of bed, walk to the stadium, and, and expect that the other teams are going to lay down. And we've seen that from A.J. Hinch's Tigers to the when we were there with the Rockies in the in the cold. Um, that you have to show up and play, and you just can't do it the first night. You got to continue with throughout the weekend, and it just seemed like the Giants kept their foot on the gas while the Astros were brake checking. And whether it was Brandon Crawford racking up hits, was this rough dude hitting twenty home runs this weekend? They just kept their foot on the gas pedal, and that's that's why they won the series essentially. And, um, I think you nailed it. The starting pitching has to get extended and has to get ways to figure out the to through the fifth inning at least. I don't think we had one start to go through five um this past weekend, and it just it isn't good. It's not a good recipe when when you have um issues in your bullpen when you have guys tired, when you have guys overextended. But we saw it in May. we talked about it in May that the the reality check that this team has is because the starting pitching doesn't get to where they should be in that five to seven inning range. And the compound effect of your bullpen going out there day in and day out, day in and day out, it loads up on it. And I think right now we're seeing it on the front end with the bullpen. I mean, excuse me, with the rotation, I think we're hitting the wall a bit where we, where we're used to in one sixty two, um, that these pitchers kind of hit that dead arm, that wall, and you just kind of got to work through it and it, it sucks. And and, it, and it, it just happens to be right now in, into August, and it typically is. Astros usually have a bad August, and that's when we've seen in the past. Oakland come you know, roaring back, and then we have a sweaty September before we shine in October. So um, I'm not worried. I just feel like this weekend was a, a, a little gut punch and a reality check for the Astros. They, they always come off the canvas. I'm not worried about a 10-count. Um, but I definitely do think it was a reality check for the front office and for the team itself.
0: Yeah, I think when we talk about the rotation, this is a very – very critical time in the season for guys like Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, uh, even Lance McCullers Jr., uh, J. Rizzi. Th- there are inning thresholds that are about to be broken, especially with Luis Garcia. I think I saw on uh, Twitter, I think from one of the beat reporters that Luis Garcia has never thrown more than 80 innings in a season. And he's coming up on, if I'm not, these numbers could be a little bit skewed, but he's coming up on 100 innings thrown. So this is a very very critical time for the starting rotation for the Houston Astros, uh, especially with Lance McCullers coming back from Tommy John. There's you know there was a question of is there going to be an inning limit uh, coming into this regular season with 162 games? You've got Fromber Valdez who's had command issues over the last couple of outings. He pitched well on Friday night. Uh, Jacob deRizzi really he hasn't seemed to put it all together and figure it out yet. Of course you can you can always do the four or five innings and then piggyback with Christian Javier, but how long is that going to last? Right? So you want to see in August and Des, you hit on it, um, historically the Houston Astros don't play well in August. And that's been proof from 2015 all the way to, uh, where we are now in 2021. And we, again, we've been spoiled with really good starting rotations with the Houston Astros. The starting rotation is good but it's youthful, it's young, right, and and somewhat inexperienced. So this is a huge, in my opinion, this is a very, very critical time in August. And you look at who they play uh, this August. Let me just run down these teams. It's, it's a pretty light schedule, so that's good for the Astros. Obviously, you take on the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine for the next two games. Then you're home against the Twins, home against the Rockies. At the Angels, at the Royals home against Seattle, home against the Royals, and then you end the month uh, with a series at Texas, or excuse me, in Arlington against the Rangers, and then two games, uh, three games in Seattle. So that's a light schedule. I mean, the teams, those teams, I mean, the Royals, not good. Rangers, not good. Angels, not good. Twins, eh, they're okay. Roy, uh, I'm sorry, Twins Rockies, yeah, yeah. The, Rocky, now com- com- yeah. Now they are. Yeah, now they are. Uh Rockies, obviously not good. So if now is a time to have um a couple of good starts from your younger pitchers, it's it's right now. Flourish in August. Change the narrative of the Astros struggling in August, right? So uh and another part that I was thinking of, we're in the dog days of summer, right? Um now is when you really gotta start to hit your stride. And I think a big part of that is you gotta get Bregman back. Um, you know, you wanna see uh, uh Jordan Alvarez continues to swing the bat well. Carlos Correa swinging a little bit better. Obviously, Altuve's gonna be there. Uh, Michael Brantley dodged a bullet. His X-rays were negative on his ankle, so it's ankle discomfort. So you're gonna want to get him uh back. I would say hopefully by the end of the month. Uh, this is a to me and I I don't I don't think I'm overreacting here, but this is gonna be a big month. Cause then you go into September and you got September call ups, and then you really get to see teams hit their stride going into October. I think if you start uh focusing a little bit more on hitting your stride now then, you know, it's going to be a better thing for the Houston Astros.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh the difference though this year they I don't think they're going to have September call-ups due to extending the Triple A season through like, oh, that's right. through the end very, of September. Very good point. Um which is good because that keeps the guys down there to keep logging a lot of innings and more at bats, which is fine. Um but I I think the the biggest thing like you said is just keep these guys extended. Even if they've been up four or five runs through four or five, let them go out there and get six and seven. They just got to work through it. Um, The schedule is soft. Obviously, we've seen this this Astro team play down to the competition, so that is a, uh, a small red flag with how soft the schedule is this month. But uh it's there for the taking. It's there to put the West away. Um, We should be rolling into September with a comfortable lead and not be stressful, in theory, in a vacuum. But it's never that easy. Baseball's baseball, right? And to touch on the rotation, uh, Framber Valdez is literally one inning past his career high right now. He's thrown 71 and two-thirds innings this year. In 19 and in 20, he threw 70 and two-thirds innings. So, And then in 18, he went through 37 innings. So he's already at his career high. Luis Garcia th- walked 13 innings last year. He's at 100 innings this year. Okay, so yeah. I thought it was around 100, yeah. Yeah, um you have you have obviously Lance McCullers coming back, looks strong, pitching well. Um you have Zach Grincky just doing Grincky things, right? And he just somehow keeps you in a ball game and we saw Saturday that if you get into slugfest and and Grinke's not on it, it's tough. And it's nothing to uh be worried about. Am I worried that That is our game one starter in a series against the White Sox or the Red Sox or the Rays or Oakland or the Blue Jays a little bit. Uh, Hopefully that game's at home, but Zach Greinke is Zach Greinke at the end of the day. You have Jose Acredi coming back. He's only logged in 19 and 20. He logged exactly 70 innings between those two years. This year, he's thrown 77 innings. So he, once again, is at his career high. Um, and then you have Jake Odorizzi being Jake Odorizzi, this is there to eat innings, right? So three of your horses are at career highs already, never been this extended. So you're going to see these guys hit the wall. You're going to see dead arms. And if you haven't uh, experienced dead arm, if you don't know what that is, it essentially the best way I can describe it is your arm being asleep. Like that feeling when, you're, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're, you, don't, you can't move your arm, you can't move your limb because it's just asleep. That's what you feel when you have dead arm. It's just you feel like you have no ump behind the baseball. You feel like you could you're throwing a shot put essentially and it sucks. And the only thing you could do is throw through it. You have to extend your your cardio, you have to extend your throwing program. You got a long toss and just somehow the next day it wakes up and your arm's back to having juice and alive again. And it, it's just weird. It really is. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, but if you if you play the game, you know that feeling and it sucks. So um, having those three guys being at their career highs, it's, um, one, it's, it's bright for the future, right? I, I believe that having these guys as staples in rotation for the next five years is huge. It's, except like, you're going to have these little bumps and bruises and the learning curves at the very front end, which is happening right now.
0: Yeah. I go through, uh, <clears throat> some dead on myself, man. Tuesday night softball games are pretty wild, dude, especially when I'm slinging it across from the uh, yeah, six, but- six hole.
1: There's some uh, some live bullets happening every Tuesday night, or what?
0: Yeah, dude, you wanna you wanna come witness greatness? We're uh, working on our fourth championship in a row. Carl Barton Park on Tuesday nights. If you wanna come check it out, no free ads. That's fine. I mean, it's a. I don't think they <laughs> can. I don't think they can uh, sponsor us. But I mean, I don't know, man. You know, backhand into the hole.
1: Four straight championships. Oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like every other week's a championship. What did? What, what, no, we've
0: just been we've won back to back to back titles. I mean, over okay. the last. Probably, oh, man, six, seven, eight, nine
1: months. I mean, dude, look, some teams have it. Some teams don't. We're all right. right. Who are you starting game one at the playoff start tomorrow? Right now. August 2nd, Yep. I, look,
0: I, I know I, I, for the veteran presence, Zach Grinke. I've got okay. faith. I've got faith in Zach Grinky in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, just, from a, just from an experience standpoint. Is where I'm going with this one. Game one of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going with Zach Grinke. I'm riding with him. I'm riding with him. The veteran presence is huge, especially uh with crowds back in the stands and with who Zach Grinke is. Yeah, you think he gives a shit about any of the fans yelling and screaming at him? That's just me. I, I just I like the I like the experience factor. Who are you going with?
1: Um I think I'm rolling Lance out. If it's at home if it's home. If 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 you have a home game, um, I think you roll Lance out, uh, and then Grinky the second game and then Framber on the road. Um, for that game three. I think that's what I'm leaning to. Or like you could flip flop it, go Zach, Framber, and Lance on the road. Um, I think Lance is a bulldog where that crowd doesn't really affect them that much. It's all between his ears. Yep. Um it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting how they attack this because you have you have dudes, you have dudes in this rotation. Uh I could see Grinky being the guy though. I, I don't hate it and I don't love it.
0: Yeah, I I again, for me I don't think you throw uh Framber Valdez on the road. I just uh, I I wouldn't be super confident with that. I'm I'm confident in his his ability and his his stuff on the mound, but it's a different it's a different different atmosphere this year. It is a completely different atmosphere and and you want it dude, the road games um for the Astros in the playoffs, they're going to be brutal regardless of where they go. They are going to be brutal. So, yeah, you're going to want your best arm and best mental toughness pitcher and I think yeah, you I think you make a good point with Lance McCullers. Uh
1: I just think I'm thinking through it on the road. Who do you protect how do you protect these young guys, right? Yeah. We saw it with Paredes this year. We saw it with Blake Taylor this year. Guys that had, uh, we saw it with Andre Scud. We saw it with, with a lot of these young arms that came up last year and thrived in the, in the COVID sprint. And then it seemed like when the, the crowds came back and the hostility and, and all that, they kind of blinked. And we've seen, we've seen Blake Taylor bounce back. Uh, obviously Andre Scud's been up and down, but Paredes just could never figure it out. And, his walk issues came back and things like that. And I, I really do think it's, it's a, it's a big factor and not that this, this team and this lineup and this rotation has never experienced hostile crowds. This, this team has logged a ton of innings in October, a ton of innings on the road, a ton of innings against hostile crowds. So I don't think the crowd essentially is going to, is it going to be different for him because they've experienced one all year, but two, they've logged a lot of October innings um, against hostile crowds. So um, I'm just thinking of a guy that could roll roll out there to the south side or roll out to uh, Fenway or the Trop or Yankee Stadium, wherever they play, or Toronto, wherever it is, and um, have a clear, conscious mind to to attack and, and go after these teams. So uh, it's going to be interesting how they shake that out.
0: If the New York Yankees make the playoffs in any form or fashion, I will buy you a five-star dinner.
1: Look, I'll... Do I have to take you out a five star dinner if they no, don't? No. This okay. No. Oh, I'll okay. I'll take that bet.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I think I don't think
1: the Yankees have a shot. But I I don't know, man. I I think they could sneak in the wild card game. They're chasing two and a half. Yep. I know the East is going to beat up each other down the stretch, but I don't know. The Red Sox. I, just, I never want to count them out. The Red Sox. Who?
0: What? What are they in? It? See, I hate doing this shit live on air. Tampa,
1: Tampa's it, leading, okay, Tampa's so Tampa's, leading the
0: East. They're still leading the East, okay? By a half a game. Okay. So uh, they you obviously sweat,
1: they swept Boston. So Boston's down the wild card.
0: Okay, so you've got the Red Sox. Who's got the second wild card spot? Is it them and the Oakland. Yankees? Oh, Oakland. Oakland I forget yeah. about Oakland.
1: Yeah, so I, so I just Oakland don't see. Is, uh, having and, two and a half game lead. Unless Boston
0: absolutely implodes down the stretch, then I really think it's going to be Boston and Oakland as the wild card.
1: Yeah, but we talked about Oakland having oh, a then, tough second half schedule though. Man,
0: and then so. you've got uh, you can't count out the Rays cuz they're a scrappy bunch. That's going to be that's going to be some stuff to to really watch. The
1: that last month and a half is going to be great with Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and the Yankees battling for two spots. Yeah. Essentially yeah. 3, but for now two.
0: God, could you imagine if the Yankees and Red Sox miss out on the playoffs in in Tampa Bay? And the Blue Jays somehow get in. Take away, I'm sorry, take away the A's for a minute. Just imagine, just imagine if, uh, if, (laughs) actually no, you don't have to because one's going to win the East and one will get a wild card spot. Imagine if the Toronto Blue Jays sneak into the playoffs this year with that youthful, high energy group over the Red Sox or the Yankees. I mean, it's, it's It's, not out of the realm of possibilities. They just really got Barrios.
1: It's not out of the realm at all. It's going to be interesting. There's there's three spots, four teams. Um, I don't want to discount Oakland at all because they can make a run. Um, but it's going to be good baseball um, for everyone down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and the Red Sox added a couple of pieces. Obviously, the Yankees got Rizzo uh, and Joey Gallo. Um, yeah, the the AL East is going to be uh, definitely the division to watch. And obviously, like you said, you can't count on Oakland. They're a scrappy bunch, just like the. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, And then obviously, you know, I know we're, you know, we talk mainly Astros here, but if let's talk, you look at the NL West, that's going to be a wild race. I mean, yeah. you've got, you've got three teams in the NL West that are top tier. You've got the Dodgers, the Padres, and obviously the San Francisco Giants. And the San Francisco Giants have something going this year that is like, it's, it's unbelievable to watch how good that team is. And with it's, the age on that team,
1: it's devil blood magic, is what it is. Because they just found the found of youth. They found this even year stuff in an odd year, which makes zero sense. And they're just winning ball games. They're just winning ball games. I I don't know. I can't grasp it. And you have the Dodgers and San Francisco. I mean, excuse me, Dodgers and the San Diego Padres making big time trade moves to kind of catch up and to kind of drift off and and, and catch the Giants.
0: It blows my mind. That's crazy. I mean, you look at the NL West, you've, the Dodgers, who did the Dodgers get?
1: Uh, yeah, they got this guy named Max Scherzer He's and, decent, uh, right? trade Turner. Like, I mean, seems, seems decent grabbing two all-stars Yeah, and, to uh, add
0: to your, you know, already our all-star laden roster. I mean, ridiculous. what did they, they put a graphic up when we were doing our live, uh, MLB trade line show trade deadline show, uh, on our Apollo HOU Twitch um actually it was beyond the diamond live is basically what we did uh i think i saw the graphic where they got four cy young winners and four mvps maybe i think it's five mvps on that that in that lineup
1: it's ridiculous that chris taylor a 2021 all-star doesn't even doesn't even can't even crack the lineup right now he's their he's, bench guy he's a bench guy kind of the, their their utility diaz guy that just plays everywhere when someone needs a break like it's absolutely ridiculous that they can chart out Bueller, Kershaw, and Max Scherzer in a three game series or in a five game series. It's I mean ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah. and I talked to a lot of people and some people have reached out to me throughout Ash's Twitter and, and MLB Twitter, like, hey, what what are your thoughts of of you know this Dodgers doing what they did? I'm like, feels like they bought a ring, but good for them. They're capable of doing that. Go do it. I have no hard feelings against it. It's inside the rules and, and they're going for it. But two, I just keep saying, look, the 2019 Astros had a had a Garrett Cole, had a Justin Verlander, and a Zach Greinke, and lost in seven. Like anything happens in baseball. Baseball's weird. In a, in a series, anything anything can happen. Um, and and I'm not really worried about that yet because that's a that's a future problem, not a not a present now problem. Um, if you match up against the Dodgers come the World Series in October, one, you want another pennant, which is always the goal, right? And two. Uh, playing for a World Series. So uh, you can't be upset about that at the end of the day. I mean, what did that that would be, what, three World Series appearance in the last six years? Yeah. So um, at the end of the day, you t- I think you'd tell anyone, hey, if your team uh, is in three World Series, no no results. You just have three World Series appearance in six years, would you take that? 100% of the people would take that. And so um, that's what the opportunity has in front of the Astros. But the, on the NL West side, it's a complete dogfight.
0: So, I mean, you look at, I think if the Dodgers... Don't make it to the World Series. I compare them to what the Seattle Mariners were back in two thousand one. I think oh, when they won like one hundred
1: and twenty games or whatever. It was. Yeah,
0: and they didn't get. Was it two thousand one?
1: I think it was the two thousand one Mariners.
0: Yeah, they lost in the ALCS to the Yankees that year. And you look down they at one
1: sixteen and forty six.
0: I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous, and they didn't get to the World Series. That's that's strong. That yeah, that's that's who I would compare Do you
1: know who to. their best hitter was on that team? Jay Buner. Ah, Brett Boone. Brett Boone, okay. Yeah. I mean just yeah, look at those
0: Look at those names. David Bell, Brett Boone, Jay Buner, Mike Cameron. Mike Cameron was a stud. And he only hit that year like
1: above seventy six. They had each hero in the eight hole. That that yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. Mike Cameron was a stud oh, actually, for a couple of years actually, and he
1: didn't, he didn't play very well. Actually, each year I had the best uh, batting average. But, yeah, it was crazy. Absolute bananas. Edgar
0: Martinez was on that team. I mean, yeah. Jesus. I mean, just such a talented roster, and they didn't, uh, they didn't do much with it. So I would compare that if they can't. So let's do it real quick before we end segment one. Let's just take a quick preview into the playoffs. I'm going to give you National League, and I'm going to give you an American League. The NL East, who's winning it? You've got the Mets in the lead by three and a half games right now over the Phillies. The Braves are four back.
1: Ooh, who wins the NL East? It seems like Philadelphia is being kind of slept on a bit. They're quiet. They're right at 552 and 53, chasing three and a half. I think the Mets are going to Mets. Yeah, they got Baez and Lindor now. Um, but the Mets just always Mets themselves, so yep, I'm gonna go Philly. Okay, I'm gonna go Philly. I, I don't have a lot of confidence. No, and then but you I'm can't. Go Philly.
0: I, I, if the Mets fall off, it's gonna be between the Braves and the Phillies to me. I yeah. mean the Mets. The Mets obviously, like you said, they got bias that that helps out that lineup. Um, well,
1: in the East, it just it's it's one bad weekend gets you in in the hunt or out of the out hunt. of the
0: hunt, right? Right. I mean, you look. The Nationals are in fourth place in the NL East, and they're only six and a half back.
1: And they sold. And they yeah, blew it all up. They
0: blew it all up. They blew it up just as much as the Cubs did. Yeah. So then we'll go over to the NL Central. The Brewers are Brewers are going to win it. They're up seven games over the Reds, and the Reds are 56-50. and 50. They're six games over 500, and they're in second place, and they're seven back.
1: Be- yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's quietly 20 games above 500. Um no one talking about them. No one's talking about them. No one is uh yeah, I think they win the central yeah. Cincinnati's playing their ass off though. They really are.
0: You put Cincinnati in the NL East and they're, they're leading they're that division. They're leading yeah. that division. Uh NL West. Giants, Dodgers, Padres.
1: Yeah, I think the Dodgers just are are inevitable uh, at the end of the day. I think with down the stretch, they're gonna they're gonna chase down San Fran. Uh, I think the Dodgers know it. I think the Giants know it. I think everyone knows it. Yep. Um. And that's going to be tiresome for the Giants, always looking back over their shoulder. I think the Dodgers could play loose and um a little bit free because they're chasing the Giants for the first time, really, in a long time in a in a division where the Dodgers have been the premier team uh, in the regular season. So I think the Dodgers playing loose and with the bolstering of the rotation with Scherzer in the lineup with uh, Trey Turner. I think they're going to play free and play some damn good baseball down the stretch. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I, yeah,
0: unfortunately I would say it's the Dodgers' uh division to win. Uh real quick, AL East, Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, Rays are up by a game and a half over the Red Sox right now.
1: I'll take Boston. I think yeah, I think Boston wins the East. I would think Boston as well.
0: Uh AL Central, White Sox are 9 game <laughs> games uh, ahead of the Okay, we're going to give it to the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, they're so damn good, dude. They look. Look, they and they I'm a, added some pieces. I mean, yeah.
1: Jesus Christ! They got Kimbrel. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to delete a lot. Now you know what? I don't no, I don't r- fucking dude, delete nah, tweets. Dude. I'm just gonna get ratioed very bad, and my mentions are gonna be more of a train wreck. Um, but this ain't no hobby, dude. I, I I said that the White Sox are fraudulent, and I'm gonna stick to it. And if they they throw look, if the White Sox flop in the playoffs. I it, may be the most insufferable human being. Oh, you will be. And I, <laughs> I, will be, I, I will be the most insufferable human okay. being if the White Sox flop in the playoffs.
0: So, so real quick, so AL West, obviously we, we both think the Astros are going to win that one, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. So let's go back to the AL Central. So let's talk about the White Sox real quick. If they lose in the playoffs, first round, I am going to be so petty. Absolutely, because White Sox Twitter will come at you out of nowhere and they they have one good year, and now they act like they're the Bronx bombers of old right and they're here's another twenty
1: two and twenty six against teams over five hundred Brian and
0: here's another that's a good stat that is are you gonna play
1: teams over five hundred
0: in October, Brian? No, you're not, you're not obviously unbelievable you're not, right yeah, here's another thing. I hope that they get bounced in the first round just because of who their manager is. Did yeah. you see that bullshit? that he did when uh, who was the guy that got hit in the head
1: Jose Abreu Jose Abreu popped right in the head 96 up in the dome hits him flush in the helmet flush drops him yep. he's a big dude big i think guy. he's like 64 230 240 it, type dude and he was he was dazed and confused yeah and what did Tony La Russa do Brian? he he comes scampering
0: out uh you know not even running full stride this little like this little shuffle feet let me get out there let me get out there uh, and he doesn't even check on him. He doesn't even check on his guy. He runs straight. The MVP to, of last year. He runs straight to the catcher to push to shove him away. Who's and tried, the catcher's looking out for the guy on the ground. He's consoling you! What are we doing, Tony Larusa? Jesus. And then you look at the – I forgot. I don't know the name of the guy that hit him. And as soon as he hits him in the head, the dude is, like, uh, uh, so upset. You never – purposely throw at someone's head unless you're a Chapman, a piece of shit. But this guy, playing for the Indians, you think he's trying to hit Abreu in the head? Come on,
1: dude. Have some fucking feel, Tony. No, read the room one time. My God. It, it, it's It was such a me thing. His guy's rolling on the ground in pain, and the capture is literally checking up on the guy that just got dome rocked, and Larusa runs out there and shoves the catcher and starts getting... It makes a... Obviously causing a scene. And this guy's rolling around on the ground. Like, well, what are we doing here? Like, if, I, if I'm if i a Abreu, I'm dazed and confused. I'm probably concussed. I just wore 96 in the dome. And I look up and there's a shoving match going around. Yeah, like... And then I find out it's not even, like, protecting me. It's just make... My, my skip was just making it about himself. Yeah, you've got... Bullshit. You've got one of your best players,
0: literally, on the ground. In agony. Because he's got hit... By a baseball in his head, and Tony La Russa felt the best thing to do was scamper out there and push the catcher and get the benches to clear. What in what are we doing, Tony La Russa? And here's another thing that I think of. You know, a part of me thinks that he did that to try to show that he's got his players back, yeah. right? Because of what he did to Yerm is it Yermin? 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 Yeah. Mercedes. Yermon. Yermin. I probably butchered that. Yermin. Mercedes. Yermin. Mercedes. Was raking at one point. Obviously, he got sent down to AAA, was hitting well in AAA. He retires the next day, change of heart, comes back. And I guarantee you that had to do with Tony Larusa. had to do with him at, at some form or fashion. And I guarantee you, at, at, whatever went through Tony Larusa's Russa, La mind after that was okay, well, I'm such an asshole that Mercedes decided to retire because of me. I got him to come back. Now Abreu gets hit in the head. So let me go show the boys. Let me go show the squad that I got their bag. Hey, hey, don't you fucking console my my guy. You yeah. get you get out of here. Yeah. I don't care. I love my guy more than you love my guy. Don't you, don't you console him. uh uh-uh. Get him get the fuck away. It's
1: just such you
0: know, bullshit. You know what it was?
1: It was such a like try hard, yeah. hard little move. You know, you know what it reminded me of? Back when I had a, a cubicle cubicle life and you know, there's always that one asshole that you work with.
0: Yeah, I got, a, I got a few of what,
1: them. Once he finds out he's the asshole, he's the guy that like starts bringing donuts. Oh, regularly yeah. on Fridays, you know, just like a big. Now he's a big like team guy, but oh, yeah. he's also he's still a me guy, but it's just described as a as a team guy move. And it's like, dude, you just got like the you didn't even get Shipleys, you got some cheap ass donuts like from the from the it's, convenience store. It's, like, it's a very
0: disingenuous move. Yes. That's what and that's it is. That's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't like, agree more. You're not more. even
1: bringing Shipley's or Krispy Kreme yeah, You're bringing bro. some 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 sweaty ass donuts bro, from a convenience store.
0: Bro, don't don't bring don't bring us some gas station donuts. Yeah. If you're going to do anything, go to Shipley's, bro, and tell them tell them Lalima sent you. All right? Yeah. Sweaty ass donuts, two of them, knocking them down on the stream, worst decision of my life. Great content. Though. Great content. <laughs> Great content. But not a good move.
1: Look. You got to you got to work on that.
0: Definitely. Yeah. See, see where I, where I screwed up, I was, I, I did a little breakdown of my, myself. I did a little analysis. I went, Thank I got the know. room, I went in the film room, checked Good it breakdown. out, wrote down some notes. The big first bite, not the move. Not the move. Yeah. You got to have small, coordinated bites, mix in some water. Look, I, I'm getting better. Okay. Uh, you got to adapt and adjust. So maybe Tony, Tony LaRusso can adapt and adjust, but I doubt it because he's a total, yeah. that, that move. Hard-o. Yeah. Just a hardo. Like, bro, so disingenuous. Disingenuous. Like, just, Know the room, bro. Go to your yeah, go to your it. guy.
1: Like, Look, we know you can't drive, so like, just read the room. Just walk and read the room. God,
0: dude. Just big me guy over there, huh? Jeez, if the if, And I'm saying it right now. If the White Sox get bounced in the first round, it's not on the players. It's 100% on Tony La Russa. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be make, so insufferable. Dude, he's going to make some bonehead mistake in the playoffs. <sighs> you can book it right now.
1: Dude, I I joked about it, and we joked about it on um our stream, and we talked about how... <laughs> If Dusty and Larusa match up in the ALCS or ALDS, whatever it is, that baseball doesn't revert to like the 90s. We're going to be like sack bunning and yeah. like leaving our pitchers in for 150, in, 150 pitches. <laughs> Get Brooksy up. <laughs> Get Brooksy up. It's, it's going to be, I, I, I kind of want to see that just to like have my baseball brain ex, explode. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And just, I, I will lose it. And I'll probably age about 40 years, but I'm, uh, I kind of want to see it.
0: If you, if we see that in whatever round ALDS, ALCS, and we see stuff like that, first of all, the electricity in Minima Park and whatever the hell, is it a progressive field, Comerica Park, whatever the, no, that's, that's the,
1: that's, that's, that's like the Tigers and the, the Cleveland Indians, Indians right? Just, yeah. So what is
0: it? Comerica? No, that's, that's the Tigers. I just said that. Is it, uh, it like a guarantee is it? rate? Guarantee rate. Yeah. Uh,
1: Sick. Am six, I two for two on random? Are you quizzing me now on just random parks? I might be because that's, I'm two for two because I got could, Oracle that could, and it's guaranteed Rate right field. That, I'm so smart. What did it used
0: to be called? Comiskey park. I, Comiskey yeah, part. That's
1: not, that's not what you quizzed me on.
0: No, I don't know. I'm just saying I mixed up Comerica and Comiskey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah Comiskey yeah, yeah, park right. is the old, uh, but either way at a uh, guaranteed rate field or minute made park, it's going to be an elect- electric atmosphere. But if we start to see the old school baseball come out, Ast- I may lose it. Astros Twitter is going to
1: burn down. Could you imagine us giving up a sack bunt. I think James Click would be in the in the um in the dugout by the time the sack bunt got like actually fielded. Like My- I think he would have an aneurysm.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. If they do have to field a couple of sack bunts, Joe Espada Who's going to be the future manager of Dude, the Houston Astros?
1: The only, the only, the only manager that won this weekend uh, against the Giants was Joe Espada. Yeah, people forget that.
0: Joe Spada is going to be the future manager of the Houston Astros. But he had the uh, he had the guys having he they they did a wheel route. Yeah, they were
1: they were running they were running the wheel play. They ran great. the
0: wheel play. They ran a wheel play. They and, did the uh, wheel play at the major league level, and they turned a double play. I I love it. Cause we, dude, we ran that shit. God, we ran that so much in college. Like during PFPs and bunk coverages. And, you know, I was an outfielder, so outfielders had to be the runners, and we just got into rundowns and and had to do, oh God, just bunk coverage after bunk coverage after bunt coverage. Do you want to you wanna explain the wheel route to
1: everyone listening right now?
0: So you've got, man, I'm trying to think if I can remember it. So you've got your third baseman crashing. You've got your first basement crashing. You've got your shortstop going to third, and your second basement coming over to first. Right. Correct. My God.
1: Yeah. yeah you got a lot of moving parts.
0: You have a lot. You got, of moving you got parts. your
1: corners crashing. You got your middle infield rotating to the to the other bag. Second to first, third short to third. Yeah. Um, it allows you to have a possible possible double play, which we saw.
0: Right. And so that's with runners on first and second, because the idea as a hitter is you want to drop down your bunt down the third baseman third baseline Correct. to get the third baseman to vacate. That gives your, your player, your runner at second, an opportunity to get to third before. Basically, when you're a runner at second, you just have to beat your shortstop. Beat the shortstop to third. Because if you hit the bunt a little too hard, then obviously you can turn around, flip it over to third. Man, dude, all this shit's starting to come back. I mean, I know it's always been on my mind, but yeah, it's uh, kind of refreshing to see that at the Major League level and how we're sitting here talking about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day when you got your shortstop moving to third, your second baseman getting second, your corner's crashing on a bunt. Yeah. Um you you try to get that front guy, right? You try to get that runner out of the you, you try to get the lead that out that wheel yeah. play. You yeah. try to get that lead out, especially late in the game Yeah. So. That's the idea of
0: a wheel play is definitely to get that lead lead uh runner. But, you know, if you uh if you are a good bunter or a good, you know, hitter and you can drop down the bunt and take off, then that negates that. But the Astros play in the American League parks, so they don't see a lot of pitchers. They don't do a lot of bunting, and then for them to do it against an NL team with their bench coach as the manager for the day, psh, Joe Espada, baby, sign me up.
1: I'm I'm a big Espada guy.
0: We're still big Dusty guys. Big big Dusty guys, but yeah,
1: a big a big Spotter guy as well.
0: Yeah, I think we uh I think we talked about quite a bit here in the first episode, uh, first segment. Excuse me. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get to the second segment. The Astros Absolutely. are going to take on. The Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday,
1: Chavez, shouldn't be any booing.
0: Chavez Ravine, no, it's it's gonna be fine.
1: Yeah. Luke,
0: it'll be a lukewarm.
1: Should be very lukewarm. Lukewarm.
0: That's gonna do it for segment one. Segment two is right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. Dez and I will talk about the Astros taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers at Chavez Ravine here on Beyond the Diamond podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Segment two of Beyond the Diamond is here for you. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and of course, at apollo h o u. Segment one, we covered a whole bunch of things around the league. Uh, we talked about the Astros and the Giants. Uh, A little bit about the pitching staff uh, going into the playoffs, trying to get extended. And here in uh, in segment two, we will preview the Astros versus the Dodgers. The Astros are going to be in L.A. They are completing their West Coast road trip. They took two out of three from the Seattle Mariners. They lost two out of three to the San Francisco Giants. Now they have a quick uh, midweek two-game set against the Dodgers before they return to host the Minnesota Twins. So, Dez, you know, we look at this, uh, look at these two games. Obviously, it's going to be a hostile environment, which the Astros have played in all season, uh, but it's against the Dodgers. The Dodgers have loaded up um, with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner at the trade deadline. Lance McCullers takes on Walker Bueller, and Jake Odorizzi takes on Max Scherzer. That's I mean. (laughs) Look, man, I, I, I try not to be a homer um as much as I can I try to be a realist and realistically this is going to be a tough two games Bregman's yeah Bregman's on the lineup Michael Brantley's not going to be in the lineup uh man man oh man this is going to be tough
1: yeah I think uh today the August 2nd our guy spaceman copier Colin had a really good piece on this upcoming series um yeah check 20 his title 2017 high uh high school 2017 world series rematch in august of 2021 check that out
0: check that out on our twitter page at apollo h-o-u at or at www.apollohou.com sorry had to plug that good very well written two articles today very well written by uh spaceman and by ben
1: uh and apollo new guy oh sorry that's right apollo new guy yeah i forgot about it yeah (laughs) um check those out at our website check those out at ApolloHOU.com. Uh, yeah, so Spaceman went into depth, uh, with, with the matchups, right? And Lance has really good peripherals, um, against this Dodger team. Can a you, lot of people,
0: real quick, can you explain what a peripheral is to the listener?
1: Yeah, just real quick. Like, as a noun or as a verb? Uh, yeah, when I say peripherals, it's just kind of all the outside analytics data, whether it's XBA, XERA, whatever it is, all the analytics, I, I kind of just lump it as a whole, and if they Great out well on Baseball Savant, which is a great website to um, start looking at those analytics uh, that the front office people and really smart minds look at. Um, that's what he uses peripherals. So in, in this scenario, Lance has, has really good numbers. Uh, I think Mookie's the only guy that has, I think he's been 400, but it's only been five at bats. Um, so a lot of people haven't logged a ton of stuff against Lance McCullers. And it's going to be interesting because the Astros haven't logged many at-bats against Walker Buehler as well. So I I think that we're going to see two horses on the mound with Lance and Walker Buehler go at it. And I think the first one that gets to three or four runs probably wins the ball game. Uh, I just think both guys are going to try to keep the ball inside the park and then the bullpens are going to try to be locked down. And so it's going to be a really interesting battle. And then you have, you have, and of course, right? It makes plenty sense that Max Scherzer is a San Diego Padre for about four and a half hours. Yeah. The San Diego Padres get cucked in front of everyone. everyone. The Dodgers swoop in. Ha. Take Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and say, here's my number one prospect. Here's my number two prospect. Give me your two all-stars. And the Nationals say, sure, why not? And Max Scherzer's first start is against the Houston Astros in L.A., where L.A., is still bitching and moaning about 2017 World Series. They don't, even, they don't even talk about their 2020 Mickey Mouse Championship. They're still more pissed off that they lost in 2017. At home, to the Astros in Game 7. People forget that. And so, yeah, Max Scherzer, who's also chirping, right? He start, he, he's already putting on the LA Blue Contacts on and, and drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. He's like, you know, he talked about, you know, everything that's happened in Houston and, and everything like that. Little jabs, little, little things. Uh well fuck him because I hope Jake Oderizzi our guy my guy big Jake Odo guy goes toe to toe against Max Scherzer and shoves it. I, I I would I'd rather lose game one and then beat Max Scherzer game two this weekend.
0: Yeah, I would. Or this uh, week, <clears throat> I would agree with that.
1: I I literally want to see Max Scherzer implode on the mound.
0: I hope he does, especially in his for in his debut as a Dodger against the Astros. I mean, he pitched decent against the Astros in the World Series for the Nationals. Just okay.
1: Just, just all right. Yeah. But so, I just, I, I it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah.
0: Dude, the, I'm just so tired of, of the, you know, the hype and the fake outrage about 2017. Like, man, I, I get it. Okay. If you were a team that, if you were actually a team that was affected by the cheating scandal, allegedly. Um, then you have you had some time to complain about it.
1: But everyone was
0: cheating. Oh I know. It the, dude, trust me. The Astros, what's the saying? The Astros brought a gun to a gunfight. And apparently, yeah. and, and from what I've read and heard, the Astros were behind on the cheating. They yeah. were behind. But no one wants to hear that. The narrative is the Astros are cheaters. The Astros are cheaters, and it's gonna be that way. But the fake outrage is just, it's its tired, it's old. We're in August of 2021. The Dodgers have a good squad, regardless. Just shut the fuck up and play baseball. Just play baseball, man. Max Scherzer, bro. You, dude, you got the World Series. You beat ring. us. It, you this, beat us in you, the World Series. You beat the Astros in the World Series. You got a ring when you're when the Nationals had no business even making the playoffs. And they did, and they caught fire. Howie Kendrick pulled a home run out of his ass
1: twice against the Dodgers as well. People forget his grand slam. Yes, his grand slam dagger against the Dodgers. Right. So
0: Max Scherzer, come on, dude. Like, just shut the fuck up. Come on, man. Like, you're one of the top arms in all of Major League Baseball. You want to shut the Astros up, so to speak, then just go out there and shove. Don't don't come in put your dodger blue on, start running your mouth talking about the cheating scandal. Oh, the Astros might have cheated. The Dodgers out of a World Series, blah blah, fucking blah. Dude, just come on, bro. Just go out there and 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 just and just pitch well. If that's what you're, if that's what you want to do. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I'm just I'm exhausted with this whole fake outrage. I yeah. would, I bet I bet 85% of major league baseball players don't give a shit anymore about the cheating because they know They know that everybody else is doing it or was doing it. Yeah, you've had a couple guys that come out and they've talked about it and they've bitched about it on camera. Cody Bellinger, stoner, looking in the camera like, "Uh, uh, uh, cheaters, blah, 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 blah. You know, back in 2018, 2019, whatever it was, running his mouth or uh, early 2020, whatever. Right after the scandal came out. But here we are, dude. It's August of 2021. Tired of hearing it.
1: Tired of hearing it. His quote was, I mean, we all know the history, but for me, for that to be my first experience here, that's going to be nuts. I don't even know what the atmosphere is going to be like, so it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, Max, you're probably going to be facing a outfield of (laughs) Chaz McCormick, Kyle Tucker, and Jake Myers because Brantley's rolled his ankle a bit, and I don't know if they're going to try out Jordan in uh, left field against the Dodgers. So, yeah, have fun striking out, you know, Welcome to the show, Jake Myers. You yeah. just got called up from AAA. Yeah. You're gonna probably face Mad Max throwing hundred because he's be fucking amped up and oh, he's yeah. a psychopath. Uh, it's just like you said, fake outrage. Like who gives a shit at the end of the day? Uh, winners win. Losers focus on winners. Whatever that saying is. So yeah. I, I just think the the best the best thing is that um, the Astros go out there and, and compete. And um, yeah, they're playing with a, a shortened deck right now. And the rotation is, um, I mean, Lance against Bueller's would be really great. Two dogs against each other, two up and coming. I mean, Bueller is the ace. Uh, Lance Bueller's is a future ace of the Astros, so uh, that's gonna be good. But then that Mad Max Rizzi, obviously, is like um, <laughs> it's kind of a uh, a little a little uh, a little less weighted matchup there. So, um, as a big Jake Odo guy, I I think he's in a shove.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, it's August. Beginning of August, it's the two two game midweek set midweek against, series, yeah, really. against a depleted line. I didn't say depleted, just a young lineup, especially a young outfield for the for the Astros. Bregman's not in the lineup. Michael Brantley's not going to be in the lineup. So, uh, Jordan Alvarez could very well not be in the lineup because they're hitting in an L, NL park. So, yeah, I mean the Astros, or if the Dodgers are going to take two from the Astros in a midweek set, okay, this is the one it's going to be. So, what the fuck ever.
1: Yeah, I I mean. Before we wrap up, we got I got to bring this up. Are you okay? Because Miles Straw got traded at the last hour, the twenty fourth hour at the at the buzzer. Yeah. Um, a, I, as as being a big Miles Straw guy, you are. Yeah. Um, that's got to hurt seeing your guy get traded, right?
0: Uh, so here's my stance on Miles Straw, and it's well documented, well known. I'm not going to delete any of my tweets. Uh, I slandered him for the first couple months, and he he played pretty well over the last month month and a half. So I stopped the slander. Um he was making better routes in the getting better jumps in the outfield, having better routes. Uh he was putting balls in play, uh having better approaches, better at bats. So I stopped it and I said on one of our episodes of Beyond the Diamond, um that yeah, I owned up to it. He was the biggest surprise of the first half. So for him to get traded, one, we were Doing it on on air, we were doing our, uh, Twitch show, Beyond the Diamond Live, uh, MLB trade trade line trade deadline edition. Yeah, we saw it right there. Uh, that trade was a little shocking. I thought something else was coming, uh, but no, they just got what's it, Phil Maton. So, yeah, I just, uh, am I okay? Yeah, I'm fine. But uh, Miles Straw has actually been playing pretty well over in Cleveland. I just saw, uh, he robbed Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, a little make,
1: former Astro and Astro crime right there.
0: Yeah. Miles Straw robs Teoscar Hernandez in the ninth inning of a tie game. Nice sliding catch to his glove hand side in the gap. Yeah. Good job, Miles Straw.
1: he's kind of been balling. Yeah, kind that's, I mean, ballin'. that's fine, but why, hey, why, good are, for him. why,
0: you know, and I know we're coming up on time and I'm not going to go into this, but why, as an Astro, it's not even me or you, it's why were people so upset? that the Astros traded Abraham Toro and Miles Straw, separate trades, but there was legit outrage from people on Twitter that they traded Abraham Toro. Did you see what Graveman did for the Astros the other night?
1: I've never fallen in love with any human being in an entire life like I have with Kendall Graveman after seeing him throw 13 pitches for the Houston Astros.
0: He was throwing
1: a two-seamer that
0: was at 97 miles an hour that was moving like four feet.
1: He's throwing... To a lefty, he is throwing a front hip two seam sinker at 97 that starts at the guy's hip, and the hip. hits the outside corner, paints the outside corner, dots the outside corner. That's it's 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 impossible. And if I'm a righty, and I, I said this yesterday on my on my Twitch stream, um, you can find that at twitch.tv slash Apollo H uh, O U. that if I'm a righty and I'm seeing this guy throw a sinker that's heavy and anyone that hasn't played the game or has been a minute since you played the game, when a sinker comes in heavy, it feels like you're hitting a tire. Oh, yeah. Like if you go get a baseball bat and you, and you take a, a hack and hit a tire, that dud feeling is the best way to describe hitting a heavy sinker. You can't get, it just, you can't get any oomph on it. And that's what these heavy sinker guys do. that are topping at 97, 98. When you make contact, it's like hitting that tire or swinging underwater. It sucks. And the guy's moving the ball 12 to 14 inches and putting it wherever he wants. And if I'm a right-handed hitter, I'm opening my front hit up, I'm dropping my back shoulder, I'm selling out, and hopefully I'm making contact. Because if I do, it's probably going to be a push single somewhere. Yeah. But if I don't, that bat is shattered and my oh, yeah. thumbs are at the plate. I was just And gonna- the catcher is going to pick up my thumbs at the plate, yep. put them in his back pocket, and give it to Kendall Grayman as a little war trophy because that's what he does. He collects thumbs at the plate.
0: Yep, that's... I mean, literally what I was going to say, a righty-on-righty righty matchup for Kendall Graveman, yes. a sinker that's coming in with that much velocity, and it's, it's, it's a heavy ball. You explained it it's perfectly. So the first pitch that I saw him throw was like 98 or 96, whatever, between 96 and 98, and it's heavy. And you could tell a heavy ball even watching on TV. And Kendall Graveman throws a heavy ball. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, if a righty comes up and he tries to swing at one of those sinkers that starts on the outside part of the plate and comes all the way back in your thumbs are done pick up your thumbs meat trot back to the dugout and think about what you just did
1: it's the most embarrassing feeling it is as it a sucks dude it's when you're, not when your fun. thumbs are at the plate it's not fun it's, i'd rather strike out 3 times in a game than have my thumbs blown up at the plate i
0: think the worst part about swinging at a pitch like that is um, obviously the, the worst time I, we we're in an inter- We're actually, we we're playing in our fall world series, my senior year in college. And one of our, uh, one of our starters was throwing against us. He threw me one of the most disgusting change-ups he has ever thrown. And as soon as the ball left his hand, I said, holy shit, this jackass just threw me a fastball right down the dick. I do my load and I start to throw the hands and the ball just keeps moving, keeps moving. It ends up hitting, like, three inches above my, my hands, and it literally completely sawed me off. I hit a little dribbler back to the pitcher, and he, he, whips, he throws it over to first and throws me out. I couldn't imagine seeing a 97-mile-an-hour sinker that I think out of the hands is a cock shot. And then my bat shatters. It becomes firewood, and you got to jog it out to first and then go back to the dugout.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a story like that, too. Uh, freshman year... I'm 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 in the first hitting group. I'm 18 years old. The guys in my hitting group are like super seniors, are 23 year old men, and they're just hitting mammoth tanks. I'm just hitting you know barely balls in the gap, just gap to gap, not respectable at all during the BP. We play this pickup the pickup fall games, and this super senior closer we have throws a sinker and blows my hands up. Absolutely blows my hands up. It's a dribbler back to him. I get thrown out you know by like 50 feet. Well. I'm running back to the mound, I mean, I'm running back to the dugout, and he's like, "Hey, you dropped something and <laughs> I, look, you already know you already know what's happening and I'm oh, a yeah. dumb freshman and I, and I and I respond, I go, What oh, what no. I drop? And he goes, You fucking thumbs, kid and <laughs> he, he fakes like he tosses me my thumbs oh, back, no. and I've never been more uh just sad, instantly sad, and just Dude, like, was- wow, <laughs> just. Young Welcome De- to the show, kid. That's young, all it was. <laughs> young
0: Dez has been down bad ever since.
1: Oh, and I God. walked right into it. So it was just, it was just, it was bad and dirty. Oh yeah. man, I will never forget that. Hey, again, but I so.
0: I guarantee you, you would pay money to go back to that situation right now, wouldn't you?
1: Oh, hundred percent.
0: Absolutely. You could, you could strap me onto a rocket and send me back into time. I would love to go back to those days. But yeah, just to close up this, this segment, uh, segment two, you know, the, the trade deadline Um, the Astros did what they had to do. One thing that we didn't really hit on was the fact that, uh, the owner of the Astros at one point said that they could go over the luxury tax. James Click had all of the permission, so to speak, to go over the luxury tax. Um, pretty sure that wasn't true.
1: Uh, so that was a fucking lie. Yeah.
0: Him and, uh, him and Cal McNair. Both owners. I don't think it's that. Him it's and not Cal that. McNair are both owners, both liars in in a sense like that. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know. know. Crane
1: Crane's been willing to spend money, and I, yeah. I just look. I, they I, they blew up. They their pin was blown up. They they got guys that are capable of being high leverage guys to now prevent your high leverage guys into low level leverage roles where they should be, and you bolstered your pin that way. You shed the Joe Smith contract. You stay under the luxury tax. And honestly, I, I don't know if people realize that that this, by not going over the luxury tax, one, your compensation pick for Carlos Correa possibly walking is not be a really good spot yep. compared to what I think would have been a fifth round pick. But you also have a chance for Carlos Correa resigning because now you're not having your owner writing a check for the luxury tax and then going after Correa. It's now just one check to get Carlos Correa. So that is a I think that's a thing that's being slept on because I think your odds, as slim as they are, have gone up a tad they've gone up the a little those Korea front, yeah, just I, mathematically speaking, yeah,
0: and I think
1: as if, a big math guy,
0: I think if there was a chance and there was the correct deal to go get one of the big name players, and the return wasn't high because I think there was a couple of reports out there that James Click had. Some talks about going to get one of the big name free or not free agents, big name trade guys that were traded, like a, a Chris Bryant or a Craig Kimbrel, uh, Max Scherzer. I think the asking price was just too high. So I think if the opportunity could have been there or would have been there, I think that's where we saw we would have seen the Astros go over the luxury tax, um, but it just didn't happen. But either way, I think the Astros and James Click did a really good job at the trade deadline getting 100%. Kendall getting Kendall Graveman for essentially Abraham Toro right now in the current moment in the current state of the Houston Astros is a damn good move. It is a phenomenal move because you you solidify the back end of your bullpen even more. So, you know, trading Miles Straw for Maton, you got another arm, got another guy to eat up some innings. You got uh, a
1: major league ready arm and a catching prospect for Miles yes. Straw. If and- you would have told me that 12 months ago, I yeah. said you're fucking high.
0: That and 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 with the way that Jake Myers has been playing in AAA, that's what pushed that trade.
1: Buy Same. all the stock. Buy, 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 buy. Jake Myers' stock, buy it, it's going to the moon. Same I love this kid.
0: Same with uh, Chaz McCormick. He's had really good at-bats. He's been able to hit the long ball. So Jake Myers coming think- up from AAA, Chaz McCormick playing well. That's why we saw Miles Straw traded, especially you can get another arm, an MLB-ready arm. That's why that happened.
1: Do you think there is a a disconnect between James Click and Dusty uh, Baker right now? Because we saw Are we, we saw it? Dusty's <sighs> comments about the miles Stroll trade. He he, you can pleasantly say he was upset. He's a seasoned okay. vet, so he knows how to work the media, right? Right. Um, and it, he didn't seem happy about that trade by being his, his centerfielder going. And then you saw James Click's comments about um, how Chaz has earned the spot, as has definitely deserved more starts, and how high they are on, on Jake Myers. I was at Sugar Land the day before the trade deadline, and all they talked about in that press box was Jake Myers, Jake Myers, Jake Myers, Jake Myers, Jake Myers which I'm a huge Jake Myers fan. He's a stud. He's going to be a good baseball player for the Astros for a very, very long time. So, I I really felt like the scene I tweeted about it in Moneyball where Philip (laughs) Seymour Hoffman and Brad Pitt get into it because Brad Pitt um, wants his guy in the Moneyball system to be played uh, Hatterberg over Jeremy Pena and Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was playing the manager at the time, would just keep playing Pena, would not listen to Brad Pitt. So Brad Pitt, the GM, traded Jeremy Pena away. And there's like this this conversation between them. He's like, hey, you can't play Pena. And he's like, you know, look, the lineup card's mine. I'm gonna play my guy. And Brad Pitt, the GM's like, Yeah, you could play whoever you are, but you can't play Jeremy Pena because he's traded. Right. And I, that's what it felt like with Miles Straw and and Chaz McCormick. It feels like Chaz McCormick is is Click's guy and Straw was uh Dusty's guy, and then the first night it was Tucker in center field. Brantley and right and Jordan and left and Chaz was still on the bench. Yeah. It seemed a little weird.
0: I think if there is a disconnect, um, it has to do with I wouldn't say the game has passed Dusty Baker by, but it's definitely not anywhere close to being the same that Dusty Baker is, is used to. And I remember I was there uh in the press conference room when when Dusty Baker was introduced as the new manager for the Houston Astros. And there was a question asked by one of the press members, um, are you going to try and become up to date on the analytical side of baseball? And he said, I'm going to try to be both. I'm going to try to have the old school in-game feel, in-game adjustments, and also continue to um, play the game of analytics or try to learn more about the analytical side. So I think that's where we see a possibility of a disconnect. And the proof is right there. You had Chaz McCormick uh, now become your starting center fielder, but instead Kyle Tucker is the starting center fielder for that game after the trade deadline. Um, So, yeah, there might be a small disconnect in that regard, and I think it's the analytical side because I'm sure, and again, it's well known that I don't, really care for analytics but if if I'm going to talk about analytics analytics guy if I'm going to talk analytics I, I would probably say that Chaz McCormick might have a better analytical standing as a center fielder than Miles Straw and James Click saw that also you have to keep in mind that Jake Myers was hitting every single ball hard down in AAA having phenomenal at bats um so you look at those you take those into consideration if you're James Click you look at Miles Straw, what he was doing at the level. You compare them all three, and he's probably like, "Hey, I can go get us an MLB arm right now for some innings, to, for as an innings eater or whatever role that Maton comes in. All we have to do is, is trade Miles Straw. Well, yeah, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna bring up Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick's now the starting center fielder, and Miles Straw. I'm sorry, but you're traded. Go get me an arm because it's no secret that the Astros struggle with relief pitching. Their bullpen is not very good. And you've got youthful arms in the rotation. And you still, you don't have Josh James back. You don't have Urquidy back just yet. So having those two guys come in. So yeah, I would say that James Click probably looked at it from that standpoint and it made all the sense. Dusty Baker just, just wasn't seeing it like that. Because I think the mindset, the old school mentality is, is how Dusty is. And it's fine. He's going to be a Hall of Famer in some at some point in his career. Uh, but yeah. That's an interesting thing
1: to take, to, to look at.
0: It really yeah, is. That's one of is, the things that
1: make you go home. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, I. I so yeah, I, you know, I, I would say there's a small disconnect in how I just explained it. Interesting to see. I mean, at some point you're going to have to, man, you're going to have your as your DH, and you're going to, especially against the Dodgers, you're going to have to play Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick. You really have no other choice. So. Yeah.
1: I I I totally agree. I I think I don't know. I mean, at at the end of the day, Miles Straw and Abraham Toro did good things for the Houston Astros. Um, I'm happy that they played played enough at a high level to create value. And as a GM, you have to um see see where value can be sold the highest. And I I truly believe think that they did that um to help the team win. Now, and we talked about it. You have an opportunity. James Click has an opportunity to be a World Series GM. Yes, it's Lunell's roster. Yes, it's his guys. But at the end of the day, that World Series champion phrase and label gets attached to James Click's name for eternity. And once you have that next to your name, you can get a job in baseball forever, forever, for the rest of your life. So um, he has an opportunity to be a made man, and I think he's he's been able to get a glaring problem that was the Houston Astros bullpen fix that and not give up the future or mortgage the future Um honestly I, I give the guy an A, a solid yeah. A on what he did this week, he, I know it wasn't flashy I know it wasn't K- Craig Kimbrell, I know it wasn't Brian, I know it wasn't Max Scherzer but he got Kendall Grayman he got um the kid from uh Cleveland, he got uh, Yemi Garcia from the uh, Marlins, he got arms and dudes that are going to help be in high leverage role, so these guys in the high leverage role can go back to where they normally are, and that's just a regular bullpen.
0: Yeah, I think James Click did a very good job to methodically make this bullpen better now. And he correct. also didn't give up the future. He did what he had to do to stay under the luxury tax, but also add the correct pieces to a bullpen that needs help and needed help, and he got the help. So I think he did a great job.
1: Yeah, there's something that I've always, this, this person told me this. You, you always want to be a surgeon. You don't want to be a butcher. Yeah. And I think that's what Jimmy Click did. He yeah. was a surgeon. When he had to be a surgeon, he wasn't a butcher.
0: Yeah. so I think he did a great job. Especially, you know, for the fan base speaking, we're, we were spoiled with Jeff Luno, who, who went and did all the flashy trades, went and got big yeah. name guys. But James Click is obviously not Jeff Luno. At the end of the day, he did what he had to to make the bullpen better, to give the Astros a better chance at getting back to the World Series in 2021. And he didn't give up the future. A, A for me.
1: 100%.
0: Yep. That's going to do it. Segment two is under the belt. Astros taking on the Dodgers Tuesday and Wednesday. This is uh, Beyond the Diamond as we record here on Monday. Uh, This will drop on Tuesday. So the... Astros and Dodgers. You've got Lance McCullers Jr. against Walker Bueller, and then Jake Odorizzi against Mac, Max. I was going to call him Mad Max. Max Scherzer in his Dodger debut. Uh, it's going to be a tough two game set, but we will see uh, how the Astros compete against the Dodgers in LA. Uh, Des, you got anything before we get out of here?
1: Yeah. Breaking news oh. uh, statement from Astros General Manager James Click one minute ago. Okay. After Alex Bregman's removal for the game last night, we determined he would be unavailable for the game today while he assesses his condition. Any line that posted today with him is an error. Alex reported to the park today to run to determine next steps will determine his schedule once that assessment is complete. End quote. Not great, Bob. Not great. Alex Bregman and that hamstring injury looks like it's going to be um, uh, an all-year thing. This
0: is his right hamstring, too. The problem that he had in spring training was his left.
1: Yeah. So this is so this last is year's hamstring injury. A,
0: yeah. So this is a different leg. Not great, Bob. Not good. Not good. Yikes.
1: That's all I have to say about that. Oh,
0: wow. Well, wish we could end it on a better note, but. Um,
1: Sometimes reality is disappointing.
0: Very true. Very true. That's going to do it. Kind of upset now. Beyond the Diamond Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BLAM790. at Apollo Apollo HOU and Apollo. All right. Ah! Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDes1 and at ApolloHOU They're going to be okay. 11th Diaz is swinging it well Swinging it great Love you guys Stay tuned. We'll drop another episode in a couple days Beyond the Diamond. Follow us on Twitter at ApolloHOU Brian Lima, ApolloDes <laughs> Here's a ground ball right side Could do it The Houston- On the Diamond Podcast, here on the Apollo Podcast Network, Brian LaLima, here with you.
1: Hey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jeez, Louis. you just want to dox me? Absolutely, I did. Unbelievable. Oh, Unbelievable. That is
0: phenomenal. Get a, I just, you know, I've been wanting to do that for a couple weeks now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo!